This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Green Pals, a podcast series by The Straits Times, where we analyze the beats of the changing environment, from biodiversity conservation to climate change. This is Audrey Tan. And this is David Fogarty. In this episode, which we are recording remotely due to the COVID-19 situation, find out how you can learn more about the world we live in right from the comfort of home. Our guests today are Kanan and Marcus, two Singapore biologists who are organising a series of free webinars with a special twist during this circuit breaker period. Other than listening to a presentation from a scientist, participants can also take part in a fun trivia session. But before we go into detail, can you guys start by introducing yourselves to our listeners? Maybe Kanan, you can start. Hi guys, I'm Kanan Raja. I'm currently doing my Master's by Research with Bangor University in Wales, where I'm looking at big cat teeth and how the shape and size affects the cat's hunting preferences and killing methods. Hi, I'm Marcus Chua from George Mason University in NUS. My PhD research is on the world's smallest hoofed mammals, known as mouse deer. They are about the size of a rabbit, and my work is to find out how many species there are by looking at their DNA, and also which species or populations may be threatened and may need conservation intervention. So, Kanan and Marcus, tell us a little bit more about your new initiative that I think you started last Friday. You know, you're keen to do it, I think, every week now during the circuit break period. So SG STEM talk and trivia is an online series of webinar and meetings where anyone with an internet connection can come and interact with a Singapore-based STEM worker. STEM means science, technology, engineering and math. And the usual format is that they hear our invited guest speakers talk about their work and they can ask questions after in the Q&A. But that's just the first part. After that, we play an online trivia game. We have a trivia pot that's contributed by participants voluntarily. And the winner of the trivia will get to decide on a charity beneficiary. And it runs every Friday during the circuit breaker period. And Callum, how did the idea come about? So over the course of this pandemic period, many countries have gone into lockdown, like Singapore itself is on its circuit breaker now. So I learned of various webinars, Zoom-based science talks, and even classes taking place in the US and UK. And I've attended a few of these sessions. Like one of my favorite ones is Dino 101. It's a US-based paleo meetup that runs daily, but it runs at 12 midnight Singapore time. So I felt it would be nice if there was similar stuff organized in Singapore at a more friendly time. So um, I did a bit of light scouting and I've learned that there were not many webinars here, especially ones on a regular schedule with like daily or even weekly ones. So with that, I thought maybe I could start my own. And with this rough idea, I contacted Marcus. So from there, things just snowballed and we went from a raw idea to the first session in less than a fortnight. So that's very impressive. But maybe you can just tell us, you know, you were studying in the UK and Marcus is based in the US. How did you guys connect? I understand you never met before prior to this initiative. Yeah, we've not met before. Probably I think we will meet after this circuit breaker ends. So uh, I think I found Marcus on Twitter. I think we were chatting or I think maybe we were commenting on the same posts. And I was like, oh, look, another Singapore-based biology person. And so we connected from there. And then when this idea popped in my head, uh, I was thinking that obviously it would be better to do it with some company than doing it on my own. And Marcus was the first person I thought of. Yeah, so Kanan followed me on Twitter maybe last year and when he approached me out of the blue with this idea for a talk and community interaction session for science and STEM community, I thought, hey, we could make this more interactive. So we added a fun trivial learning value and we thought about how to include an idea for raising money for charity. And I thought it was a, it was a risk for two people who had never met to undertake something like this. But I think technology really helps and it helps bridge the distance between the, the community during Circuit Breaker. Well, that's quite impressive. So the aim, I guess, is to both educate people, given I guess you have a captive audience of people at home, but also teach people more about science, and particularly your passion for both of you is biology. Is that correct? 
Yes, um, we wanted to make it easy for the STEM community or the science community to stay in touch during the circuit breaker and also be aware of uh, how much good and interesting work goes on in Singapore. And as we mentioned, there is a fundraising portion aimed at uh, local environmental charities and non-profits as well. Yes, yeah, so tell us a bit more about the fundraising. I mean, how did the trip via session go last week and how much money did you raise and where was it donated to? Last week was our first session and I think we had about uh, over 150 people joining us across the hour and the previous session was good as usual with any first time sessions we had a few hiccups on the technological side and a few things that we only realized when we had a room full of people watching us but aside from those little stumbles I think it went really well and a large portion of the attendees stayed for the quiz as well. As for fundraising, from last week we raised $90 and it was donated to Wildlife Reserve Singapore Conservation oh, okay. Fund. So the quiz yeah. goers, they get to pick a preferred beneficiary. When they sign up for us, we send them an email. And in this email, there's a list of beneficiaries based in Singapore and they get to pick which one they want. And so Wildlife Reserve's fund was chosen by last week's winner, Nazri. And um, congrats on being SG Stem's first quiz winner. Yeah, I tuned into the webinar last week and I thought it was very well organised. And people not only can learn more things during the presentation by the speaker, which we'll go more into later, but they could also pick up new information from the trivia questions. But anyway, since your aim is to boost science communication in Singapore, I think it's time that we put the both of you to the test. So can you both, in 20 seconds or less, each give us an elevator pitch on your current research? And maybe, Marcus, you can start. I'll start. So my work is on this tiny forest hoof mammal I talked about called the mouse deer. They live in forests and one issue is that a lot of forests and tropical forests in this part of the world in Africa are being cut down at an alarming rate. So it's time to find out how this affects this tiny forest mouse deer. Perfect, that's exactly 20 seconds. Okay, now um, Kanan, your turn. Okay, so as, like I mentioned earlier, I'm looking at big cat teeth, but I'm not working with live specimens. I am doing my research basically on museum-based specimens, because in addition to finding out about all these species and their teeth, I also want to highlight how important museum and museum-based specimens are. Okay, yes, you also did it under 20 seconds. Actually, I, I, I want to ask a question, uh, Kanan. I think people might be quite interested. I mean, the mouse deer is obviously great, but obviously the big cats get people's attention, right? So you're looking at museum specimens, but I guess you would have seen or studied all five for real in the, in the wild? or Oh, no. All of them were museum specimens because working with live big cats has a lot of uh, health and safety issues and also monetary issues if I'm going to go to the wild <laughs> itself. So I right. had to do with That's museum awesome. specimens because obviously from like the olden times, uh, they did a lot of specimen collection through hunting and stuff. So yeah. a lot of museums in the UK and particularly around Europe are like full of big cat specimens. So I was able to get a good number like I think I've hit over 200 skulls just through museums alone. Wow, 200. Yeah, but I mean, out of the 200, obviously there's a big skew towards the lions and leopards and tigers. And I think I only got five jaguar skulls and one snow leopard skull. But you haven't had the opportunity to say, go to the zoo here and study a um, like a sedated lion or tiger. Yeah, I would definitely be up for it. Just that, like I said, health and safety and yeah, funding course, issues. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're literally at the cutting edge, right? <laughs> literally, yes. <laughs> Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Green Pals on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now, back to our discussion with two Singapore scientists on their efforts to boost science communication in Singapore. So as we have heard earlier, your first speaker was Professor Colin Payne, who is going to helm a new research centre at the National University of Singapore on nature-based climate solutions. So why did you guys decide to invite him as your first speaker to kick off this SG STEM webinars? 
So climate change is a very big and very real threat that is affecting everyone globally. So we thought that it would be really good to have a climate change expert, someone who's from Singapore as well, and is starting a new centre for climate change solutions in Singapore to come down and talk about his work and about climate change as a whole, kind of raise awareness among the people as well. So we decided to invite him in. Okay, so as you have rightly pointed out, climate change has been an issue on the international agenda. But can you just let our listeners know what else you have planned for the weeks ahead? For our second session on 8 May, we are having Stiva, who's coming in and talking about the otters of Singapore. And especially, I think he's going to cover the group of otters that were found at Little India, I think sometime last week. For our third session, we're having Dr. Nalini from NUS, and she's going to be talking about food recycling using black soldier flies. So these are the uh, talks we have lined up. We have a few more scientists and researchers in our line who we are going to be inviting and talking to, and we'll probably release them as time goes by. So when you talk about communication, it is, of course, a two-way street. And David, you are a veteran journalist who has interviewed many, many scientists on technical subjects. So maybe you can also share with us your experience on this. How do you find the right questions to ask the scientists? So I guess the simple rule that I follow is try to get the scientists to sort of explain their work as if they're talking to just a layperson. Or even sometimes I've had to use the sort of the image of the scientists sort of sitting at the dinner table with the rest of their family. What would they say to their family if they were asked to sum up their work? You know, why is it important? Why should people care? Or what, what's the key points here? That can throw some scientists. Um, but it's also good education for them because it forces them to really think about their work in, in very short, sort of concise ways and to try to make that connection to the average person. So, Marcus, why is it important to you as a scientist to communicate your work? And perhaps um, after Marcus, uh, Canon, perhaps you, you can tell us as well. It's interesting to get a perspective uh, as a journalist. So for me as a scientist, I find it's important to engage the public on our scientific findings, discoveries, and how it might be relevant to them. But sometimes for me, it's just to communicate that the natural world is so wonderful and why we should treasure and protect it. Yeah, I agree with Marcus here. I think for me, one of my main things for science communication, aside from communicating my science, which is my research or what I study, what I do, I think it's also about sharing what we know about the natural world, especially in Singapore, because even though we are a small island, we have really high biodiversity. So I want to talk about this stuff to my friends. You know, my friends who are also from Singapore, but they are not aware of stuff like this. So I think that O2 counts as science communication. So basically, that's what I want to do. I want to like share science with people. It doesn't necessarily have to be my science, but just has to be science. So, I mean, just how we have heard from Kanan about, you know, how in places like in the United States, scientists, they are very active in trying to communicate their research to the public. But what do you think is the situation like in Singapore? Do you think that science communication is still a nascent field? I don't think science communication is nascent in Singapore. And I think it's gone way back as much as when science was taught in Singapore. I remember growing up with the Science Centre guidebook and that to me is my first touch with local science communication. Visits to the Science Centre and now we have a Natural History Museum and free talks by universities and NGOs on scientific topics are pretty common as well. And as we go on, there is technology and lots of scientists are on Twitter sharing their research. And I know at least one, uh, Dr. Neil Maylin, who blogs and tweets about the giant clam research and also about how it's like being a scientist and a mother. So I think it's great that all these people are going about doing all this in terms of science communication. And so we came up with SG STEM together and hopefully that would help advance it as a good platform for that. 
and especially using technology. For example, Kanan and I have never met, and this technology helps to bridge the distance as well as bring science to a larger audience. So that's quite interesting that how technology has been such a, a great tool to connect everyone. But can you just tell us, like, you know, beyond this circuit breaker period, are there plans to continue SD STEM? Marcus and I were talking about this when we initially started this. We were thinking about if we're going to do this beyond the circuit breaker plan. Well, if people are interested and if we do have like a steady response over the weeks from the attendees, we might do this beyond the circuit breaker plan. But obviously, we're going to have to shift it to a different day because I think 4 p.m. on Fridays is not going to be conducive for most people once they start going back to work. So probably we might pick a weekend or a slightly later timing and stuff. Nothing is confirmed here, but you know, it's, it's all in the air at this point. But I'd, I'd like to continue it. Okay, maybe just to end off, you can tell our listeners where do they log on to to get more information about subsequent talks. We have a Facebook event going on, or you guys can find Marcus or me on Twitter or on Instagram, and we've been sharing and promoting stuff. So the links are all there, so you guys can just hit the link, sign up, and you'll get a confirmation email, and all the steps are there. The sessions are every Friday at 4 p.m. on a Zoom room. Again, details are in the emails. So yeah, hopefully we'll see you there. Also, we have a website now, and the URL is sites.google.com, S-I-T-E-S dot Google dot com slash view, V-I-E-W, slash S-G STEM Talk Trivia, S-G-S-T-E-M-T-A-L-K, T-R-I-V-I-A, and one word. So there you can find information about upcoming events, past events, and how to sign up for our events. Hope to see everyone there. So for those listening, do join the next Zoom webinar by biologist Kanan Raja and Marcus Chua on May the 8th. Their next guest speaker will be Mr. Siva Soti from NUS, who will be speaking about one of Singapore's most lovable animals, the otters. Especially the otter family spotted roaming outside Mustafa Centre in Little India in late April. Tune in to find out more. So thank you Kanan and Marcus for joining us on our show today. Thanks Audrey and thanks David for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been a real pleasure guys. Thanks to both of you. It's been very good. That's a wrap for Green Pulse and we hope you enjoyed our discussion. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.